Hello team, it's Pam here from Alt Marketing School. I have a question for you right now and that is what would happen if you could market to hearts and not brains? What would you think would happen if you knew that you could make the world a better place with positive impact marketing but putting purpose and results first? If you want to find out, then come and join us for the Alt Marketing Certification. Our six-week digital bootcamp for professionals who want to do marketing differently and advance their career along the way. Join me and our six incredible teachers to learn how to advance your career with confidence by applying effective systems and frameworks to the latest trends. The next cohort is coming up soon, so I would love to have you join us. And all you have to do is apply to join at altmarketingschool.com slash learn. Go to altmarketingschool.com slash learn to apply for the next cohort of All Marketing School certification. Hey, legendary human. Yes, I'm talking to you. Love the show? Why not joining hundreds of creatives already part of our collective for monthly masterminds, challenges, masterclasses, and so much more? We help creatives make a positive impact in the world with their message and their content. So give your creative work the visibility that it deserves. Find out more about how to get involved in the show notes of this episode. Hello and welcome to Make an Impact Show, a podcast run by Creative Impact Co. Our mission is to help creatives grow their business, hone their marketing and share their stories by outstanding content. Hello, gorgeous humans, and welcome to a new episode of Make an Impact Show. My name is Fab, and I'm here with Emmy today. Hello, Emmy. Hello, hello. How are you? I am awesome, Sauce. How are you doing? I'm very good, very good, thanks. We are ready, aren't we? We are ready to smash it. We are ready to rock it. We are ready to talk about careers which is fun because we definitely don't have a conventional career, do we? Definitely not. I kind of struggle when people ask me what I do all the time. (laughs) (laughs) How long does the answer pretty much last? It's like, oh, well, I do this and I do that. And then I'm also this and I'm part-time this. Um, (laughs) But I think I get to do what I love, which is the most important thing for me. So I think, yeah, not everyone's as fortunate right now, but I think that's something that's so, so important to me. It was kind of funny that you say that because um, I was looking at, there was an image coming like floating around the internet and it's about what traditional jobs were like, like cook, I think about even like a cook, an office worker, and then what jobs are right now. We are at the forefront and I'm saying this as somebody who is almost 30. So it's not like I am, you know, 18, about I'm even 50, but I'm right in this limbo where we were a bit more allowed to think for ourselves and create a career that was outside the box. Yeah, and something we are, that we want to do, like we feel passionate about. And try it, like having that confidence that we could try it and in my work rather than we got to try it, but it's going to be, you know, such a, like, a, a big incognito. There's more proof, there's more examples of people that have been able to do that for themselves. Yeah. And I think one of the things that we talk about a lot today in our interview with the lovely Sophie Klein-Smith, who's the modern career coach, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about the fact that it's never too late. And I think it's very important to remember that, that depending mm-hmm. on where you are, 
there's always time to I'm gonna do quotation marks reinvent yourself almost mm -hmm. yeah and, and also it's kind of interesting um, to see that some people don't really have a traditional career ever like my question would be um, have you ever had obviously ignoring like the small jobs but have you ever had like a traditional job that you would call a job that was something you will probably put on your CV how many how many of these jobs did you have in your, in your past yeah, I guess straight out of uni, I um, I worked in an office. I did like a sales and marketing office job, which was really good. It's like first kind of step on the career ladder. So I guess that was like a kind of solid office, normal nine to five job. Um, but that was for about a year. And then for the last four or five years, however long it's been, it's kind of been a bit less, um, a bit less so, I guess. And it's kind of funny because so many people and we, we and Sophie actually go on to this as well, like the different way that we approach jobs and rejection and things, because there's a different way that we approach what a career is right now. And it just changes yeah. massively how we like approach that. If you were thinking like one thing that you would want to say to someone who is a bit younger than us, mm. souls, um, then one- Makes me feel old. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Some people then don't yeah. have that experience of a, like an actual, like, office job and they yeah. want to try and kind of like develop themselves and maybe they don't even go to uni because they think they want to do other kind of uh, learning experiences what yeah. would be one of your um suggestions to people that are still trying to understand like what they want to do but they don't want to pursue uh what a traditional job will be like um i guess it's really think about what makes you feel alive like what makes what are you passionate about and maybe you do have to go into a kind of more traditional job or have a like a cafe job or something to kind of see you through but never lose hold of what your passion is um I think and don't feel like you have to follow that conventional path um but I totally understand people have to pay rent you have outgoing so I think just hold on to what really makes you feel passionate even if you are currently in a job that you're kind of just in it just because well, that was a great way to just literally slide into our interview and give you that little extra nugget of motivation before Sophie drops more fruit bombs for you. So make sure you have an umbrella so that you can kind of like, you know, shield <laughs> yourself from some of them if there's so many coming up. But I really hope that this inspires you and it makes you think about confidence, your career, where you want to go and how higher you can get. Uh, until next time, thank you so much, Ames. Let's thank you. go and rock it. Let's go into it. Hello, Sophie. Hello. Thank you for being <laughs> <Croaky, hello. laughs> with me today. It is my absolute pleasure. Thank you for the invite. You know what you have that people, if you haven't met Sophie, you wouldn't know what I'm talking about. It's a very zen, calming allure. Oh, thanks, Fab. <laughs> Which I love because I am a squirrel on speed about ninety percent of of the day of the time in my life. <laughs> so we need we yin and yang each other. Pretty much, you just kind of remind me that I need to breathe. Okay, uh, I need to like breathe, slow down. It's it's beautiful. Oh, I love your energy. You oh, thank you. Energy. But that's the thing, as you say, yin and yanging is kind of nice. And as I said to you right before we started talking. This is why I appreciate what you do and I know that you're good at what you do when it comes to the coaching. Mm. I think one thing that I appreciate about some coaches over others is that obviously you're coming from a place of getting people to understand things for themselves always in a way. Mm. So you need to be able to hold that space and make them feel like people are, list, uh, are heard 
supported but without having to give constant validation as she hums trust me though we don't realize and it's a little exercise for people think about next time you have a conversation think about how many times you're mm-hmm uh-huh mm-hmm yeah mm-hmm. it's just a constant you know like yeah i'm hearing you where sometimes you don't really need that yeah i think it's there can be a scale can't there in conversation i think i do think if you have quite high emotional intelligence then you can connect with people in a way without saying words yes if that makes sense so when you are making that amazing eye contact or your body language is completely concentrated on them and you're not sort of looking around the room i think that's a skill that you know can take practice so networking in london at events i don't know if you've seen this if you ever chatted with somebody and you can see they're just looking over your shoulder and yeah they're constantly just looking around yeah so it's nice to actually care and be concentrated on that particular individual at that given time exactly and i think it's just giving each person time especially when you feel which again, I guess it's part of what you know as well, you know, doing what you do, obviously, and helping people with also, you know, obviously the confidence element is almost confidence in obviously finding new people to work with or finding new opportunities. And you're always told to go out and prosper and network and mm. find new people and meet new people. But as you say, it can be a bit daunting. Obviously, we're in London. We're a bit of a, you know, special breed of like massive networking events for yeah. 200 people but it can feel a lot of the time like you don't have enough time to give everyone the space that you want. Yeah, actually, I think networking is such a, something for somebody to be really mindful of and to actually put a bit of time and effort into practicing. One of the things that obviously I support people with is changing careers, and that does involve needing to widen your network and meet new people. And I see time and time again, at events like that where people go for quantity not quality yes so they're going around trying to get as many instagram follows or um business cards sort of change now people don't have cards as much anymore um and they don't actually connect with that individual and become memorable and something that i'd really recommend that person to do if they are going to an event just aim to speak to two to three people but make a really deep connection and really really connect with them on a level where they're going to remember you because that will be so much more valuable for you in terms of the networking process do you find that asking interesting question to the person you're talking to helps Mm. or is it just me they like to ask really weird questions to see what people come up with and then it's just kind of like a fun cool fact that i know about them yeah i love that i think it's variety i think if you are nervous about networking and it's something that doesn't come particularly natural to you, I would recommend having a few questions prepared before the event and just natural openers like, hi, so nice to meet you. What brought you here today? What were you hoping to get out of the event? What have you enjoyed or what are you expecting? Just icebreakers. But if you're someone who's super confident like you and you're just like, (laughs) go straight in, like, yeah, like ask something crazy. I love it. My, um, I was doing some training on speaking because I do some extra uh, teaching when it comes to marketing and stuff like that. And the guy was uh, teaching us how to speak better and how to hold a better space. It was asking us to talk about our best friend, who they are and why they love them. And it's one of those things that now I remember that question because it just stuck with me. It's just those questions that you're like, oh yeah, because it puts everybody in the same playing field Mm. on the same level almost. Yeah. And I found that it's really like, it really resonated with me. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And it's kind of one of those funny things when you think about it. It's just like those questions really kind of make a difference. But as you say, sometimes it's just getting people to stop thinking about the fact that they have to network with you and ask them something, as you say, as simple as, well, what have you enjoyed so far? What have you learned so far? Mm. Because it puts them away from their like, oh my God, I need to pitch myself now. Yeah, to totally. you. Yeah. And it's not about pitching or, or selling really hard because that becomes inauthentic or a bit forced. But what I would say is that it is really important to have an intention behind your networking. Yes. If your intention is that you want to change careers and you want to meet some people to support you with that, um, and you know maybe you want to take it to the next level with them and have a coffee or whatever, then having that intention, I mean, I'm such a, like, I use the word intention maybe about 10 <laughs> times a day. So it's going to be like, like name dropping intention and people can have a shot of like, ginger like kind of single time you say intention <laughs> yeah literally um no but i guess like how you'd incorporate that into a more natural conversation with someone new is like don't go straight in with can you help me change jobs type thing it's just that like, build a connection gather information that's a bit more of like a, a strategic part to networking gather as much information about them be really interested and then you can use that information now that you know where they work and the style of the style in which they work in the industry then you know because you might pitch really hard to them and it's not even relevant yes and then it's a waste of your time and theirs so it's important to gather information have a clear intention and then just naturally take it around to the oh you know i'm actually looking at changing careers and that sounds really interesting what you're doing do you have any advice so you've been doing this for a while, especially when it comes to helping people understanding what they want to do and how they want to develop their career. Yeah. Now I have a question that, again, I'm already putting you on the spot with this one, but I'm interested in hearing, because obviously we all know that people becoming their own brands, starting their own business, going fully freelance, it's doubled, it's going to probably triple in the next five years, if not, like mm. this, this decade has been a big change, obviously. But I'm wondering whether, do you find that when you talk to people, how has it changed when it comes to obviously the career goals? Are you finding that, yes, it's something that you're seeing yourself or you're seeing just people actually wanting to, you know, experience, experiment a bit more, try new things? Where are we at when it comes to this kind of landscape? Obviously, we're talking about wellness is probably what we know, but I think there are so many sub-creative elements of this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I've been helping people change, develop their career for nearly 10 years, <laughs> a bit mad. Um, and so I've definitely seen a shift and picking up on what you said there, I've certainly seen a shift towards people uh, an increase in people going self-employed and the, the demographic of those people as well, younger people exploring self-employment, freelancing, a more uh, sort of multi-hyphenate career portfolio style career. Um, and so my tagline is the modern career coach. And what I mean by modern careers is twofold. So it's the, the style of working, like all the things I just mentioned there. So modern ways of working, like freelancing, going self-employed. <clears throat> um, and then there's also the, the other aspect. And that, that's, for me, in my experience, people wanting to move towards having a mission-driven, it's a mission-driven movement. So people really want to work in something that they really believe in and that fulfills them and that speaks to their own personal interests and passions and they also want to have the flexibility and the autonomy and the freedom and the remote working I've certainly seen a shift so that's that's why I moved into this particular space of coaching people around changing their careers building out their side hustle 
and going self-employed because it's, I've seen that trend and I've helped people do that. And it's such an incredible place to be. It's not easy. It's not, um, you know, it doesn't happen overnight, but the effort that it takes is, is really been, you know, it's worth the while in my, in my experience. So career goals, I think definitely have changed. I think people are um, coming around to the fact that they have their own personality and they can incorporate that into their career and they can build a business or career around their own personal interests and strengths. And I like the fact that you focus on the element of obviously the multi iPhone mm. or the sort of still freelancing because a uh, mutual friend, Liz, obviously, yeah. uh, she was talking about how, and not just her, other kind of creatives that I talked to, especially in the first season of the podcast, we were discussing how despite being a freelancer in your own right, a lot of people, especially when it's such a job that still requires, you know, like a, a certain number of clients, it's easy to have less clients. I was talking to a career coach. That's why I like to explore these topics. Working with less clients, maybe on a more recurring retainer basis, mm-hmm. being able to pick up other projects by having that sort of, um, how can I say, security, I guess, of having a couple of things that you know are there for, to help you. And I think it's a conversation that sometimes is hard to have, especially when you're not as um, experienced when it comes to, you know, dabbing thing and freelancing. Because yeah. yeah. I, I was talking actually to another lady called Emily still in season one. And I asked her why she felt a bit conscious at first about this. And she felt she was a bit almost like wary. She was like, is it really freelancing if I'm still doing a couple of days with a company? You know, am I not really fulfilling my full time kind of mm. like, you know, freedom? And she was actually, no, I like the fact that I know that every month I'm going to get this money from this company doing what I love. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really interesting because everyone's definition of freedom is completely unique. So for some individuals, freedom may be linked to their financial security and having a consistent income, whereas other people think that actually that's tying them down. Same thing with flexibility. Some people define flexibility as being able to work from home one day a week. Whereas others, they, they need more than that. So this is about you finding out exactly what it is that you are specifically looking for um, and making sure that you incorporate that. And I think that something, yeah, you're right, picking up on what you said about the wariness around freelancing. If you have only ever known working nine to five slash eight to seven, <laughs> Monday to Friday for an organization, then you are completely conditioned into that more traditional way of working. And there's a huge piece that needs to be done there around mindset. And I, I went through this myself. So I had a traditional career, worked in corporate Monday to Friday, and then I joined the digital wellness startup well to do. And suddenly we went to working from home three days a week. And that was amazing. I was honestly, it transformed my life at that time. Um, but I was still working five days a week. Um, but I was able to work from home and that was amazing. And then I transitioned into being self-employed. So for me, it was this graded approach and I really struggled to begin with in terms of managing my time and being a bit more flexible. But because I, I did this graded approach, it did really help me to uncondition myself. But if somebody's thinking about going freelance, but they're, they're worried about how to manage their time and the flexibility, freedom and all that, those things try and maybe look at it in a more graded approach and, and do it in stages or speak to more people about how they make it work. I have one more question on the back of that. Mm. What about people that might be less or listeners, but hello, if you're our <laughs> listeners there, who actually have, for some reason, maybe they are younger, they have not 
real experience, aside from maybe shift work, mm-hmm. into our nine to five. As you said, there are a lot of these people. They just start doing more of their jobs and they find that their photography starts kicking up and they maybe haven't had a traditional work experience. What about them? Like they don't have that transition. Obviously it can be a good thing, but it can also be a lack of experience that might help them in some way. So what would you say would be best for them instead? That's a really uh, good point. And it's something I've come uh, come uh, across with a few of my clients who um, didn't have never worked in a corporate traditional environment. And actually there is a lot of benefit from g- gaining corporate experience. You And a, a huge amount of benefit if you've had the opportunity to work in a startup like I did, because you literally see the, the skeleton of a business being built and you're there in the thick of it on the front line. Um, and prior to that, you know, I've worked in large organizations and medium size. So I gained a huge amount of value from working in those organizations. I learned about communication, I learned about marketing, I learned a bit about finance, I learned about uh, sales. So if that individual is being pulled to not working in corporate, I would suggest that there is an educational piece that needs to be done around um, sort of business functions within an organization. Because if you're, if you, even if you're a photographer, you still need to be a business owner. You need to know all of those things I just mentioned, marketing, finance, operations, everything. So um, my advice would be to perhaps upskill in a more business, um, a business focused online course, or, you know, it doesn't have to be huge investment. Go from like zero to hundred thousand pounds in terms of how much you invest in terms of business skills. And you obviously get a business coach that would really support them. Um, So yeah, I think it's, there's pros and cons to both situations. It's about figuring out what works for you. Another question now. Ha! On, on the back of that, I'm just feeling like, <laughs> oh yes, um, because there's also again coming back to these people that we just mentioned. There's also a conversation to be had, I think. And again, I was talking to peers on friends <laughs> about it because we are uh, beautifully uh, ripe. You know, like we're like good cheese. We've had a bit of a different experience. Think about guys if you're listening and you're thinking about online dating. I did a tiny bit of it, tiny, 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 tiny. Uh, it wasn't how I met my last boyfriend, but I obviously had a, a tiny bit, but most of the people that I relationship with, I met in person. Mm. We're coming into our younger generation, which is not even that much younger than ours, that have only experienced a lot of relationships, friends, personal relationships, love relationships online. Mm. So we're talking about the importance, and I guess this is what comes back to the career, whether you're freelancing, whether you're working with other people, of having face-to-face rejection, learning that no, it's not even a skill, but the life experience of talking to people and just being like, uh-uh, it isn't for me. I've had a both professional and personal life. Professional life is probably what I learned the most, being sat down with somebody and being told, sod, um, you know, we have to lay you off. It's a startup. One of my first job, it was a startup. There was no more funds to support me. So they were like, sorry, we will have to let you go. Mm. It was um, one of the things that I remember was just, the way that I was approached, what they told me, how I felt, and how I navigated that. And I think it's so important. Mm. So I talked to, to a few people about this because we were all saying, you know, how important is it to have these experiences? Okay, so this is a great question. <laughs> love I'm it. unpacked, like literally Pandora's box. like, love it. And just a little side note, we recently um, were sat next to each other on at, at a Tinder wedding, weren't we? 
<laughs> yeah, it's true. Tinder <laughs> wedding. Love it. In beautiful Italy, your home, your home country. Indeed. Um, yes. Yeah, so how you manage rejection is going to be directly in correlation with how successful you will be. And I use successful in a loose way and whatever success means to you. But I'm assuming the types of people that you are going to be listening to this podcast, you know, want career success. They're quite ambitious. They want fulfillment, all of those things. Um, and so how you manage that is going to be really, really critical. Um, and so the first stage would be to <clears throat> maybe have a reflection and to try and gain some clarity on who you think, what category you fall into. Do you think you handle it quite well? How do you take construct constructive criticism? Do you ruminate on those types of rejections and like gain some clarity on that? And, you know, I'd be really happy to share, maybe a bit, a bit cringe, but when I set up the business, I knew categorically that I was going to experience this a significant increase in rejections. It's the nature of having a business. Um, and so I actually set up a rejection collection. <laughs> What's that? So I just made it up and I was like, okay, I'm gonna be getting loads of rejections. Um, I wanna learn from them. I don't wanna be brought down by them. I don't wanna be upset. I just want to learn from them. And so I created this, I have a little journal thing and at the top it's like rejection collection. And I wrote some like, put some smiley faces and I wrote some like empowering little phrases on there. Like you've got this or whatever cringe, but um, <laughs> it worked for me. And then every time I got rejected, I wrote it down on there. So every time I reached out to someone, didn't get a reply, even after my second reach out or I did get a reply and it was a no. Um, I just put it on there. And that for me is a way to reframe that rejection. And I want to collect rejections because it means that I'm growing and putting myself out there and the business is moving forward. You cannot achieve or improve or succeed without having a percentage of rejection. So if you are listening to this and you are finding yourself struggling with that, that piece, then the most simple thing to do is to reframe it. What can I learn from it? Um, and what, what was the purpose of that rejection? Because every, I mean, again, getting a bit poetic, but everything I think happens for a reason. And if you reached out to someone in a certain way and didn't get the response you wanted, then you can look at how you reached out to them and how you can do something differently next time. And so rejection is not something to be afraid of. Actually, I would really recommend that you lean into it and enjoy it because it's showing, it's proving to yourself that you're actually putting yourself out of your comfort zone. Very good, and I like uh, I like the poetic streak. I'm a, I'm a massive uh, quote fan. So anything that is because it is like at the end of the day, sometimes you just need to really see, as you say, like where you're going, and be like, okay, this happened. What can I learn from this? Yeah. Instead of why this is happening to me, what can I learn from you? Yes, yes. Kind of like it's not personal. Basic. It is not yes. personal, and a lot of people take it really personally because it's a. I think when you're putting yourself out as a personal brand, mm. so the, the business and brand. Um, lines are so blurred it's really hard and again I'm coming from a place of feeling like well thanks you can say that you've been doing this for eight years easy enough but every single time I'm really passionate about something and I want to make it happen and I get that rejection as I say it's an extra layer yeah. of rejections that I need to work on some some of them it's okay I, I can deal with them some others I still find myself struggling because I really believed in whatever I wanted to create with it and maybe it's a no yeah and look this is not about shaming the feeling of rejection you, I would, I really want you to feel it 
and just acknowledge that it's there, but not to ruminate and allow it to prevent you from taking action going forwards. So it's not about pretending that you're not feeling something. It's about acknowledging it, learning from it and processing that emotion and then, and then moving on. So now I'm thinking about uh, creatives who are in the next little tier, the next little step of this magical journey, mm-hmm. which is people that have started to figure out what they want to do, done their networking, done their work on their personal blocks and beliefs and all of their fun jazz. And now we're at the step where thinking about us, I'm putting myself into my own little shoes. I've tried so many things off. <laughs> I've done so many courses. Like I'm a PT, I'm a health coach, I'm all the things. Yeah. Obviously now I'm a passionate just, entrepreneur. That's good. But it's just the way I am. So obviously for me it's always been harder to resonate with people like I don't know what I want to do. I always knew what I wanted to do. Mm. It's just the way I am. But even people like me, we come to a place where we're like again with the rebranding that we've done early this year, I realized that as sometimes something is not gonna fit or sometimes even your baby is going to have to change, which sounds really weird with analogy, <laughs> but sometimes things will have to change, whether it is, again, yet another change in career, whether it is a slight change in your direction. Obviously, I know that you work with a lot of people at the start of their journey as well, mm-hmm. but I think there might be people that start their own personal journey and then how can they feel the confidence or necessarily feel like, the, it's almost like the ease of being like, okay, I've been doing this for five years, Maybe I want to slightly change and that's okay. And this is what I should do. Is it making any sense? Mm -hmm. Because I think like we think about everybody who's getting started out, side hustlers. But what about the people that have been working in a field for five or six years and they feel like they want to change? And again, there's no net. There's no safety net. If you want to change, you will have to take a new path and you will have to hope that it's going to work. Yeah. And I think it's it's still part of your career. And, you know, we don't do the same thing for 40 years anymore, do no, we? No, absolutely not. And I'm, I'm thinking about these people now. Yeah, so look, change is inevitable for humans. It's very natural. Um, and what I would say is change is one of, the biggest, one of the biggest words I use and it's creating positive change. So one of my, my things that I like to say is that I'm inspiring and empowering modern professionals to, take, to create positive change and take positive action. And so it's okay to to recognize that something in your life you would like to change. So let's say it is a business that you've been working on for a period of time. And um, what I see the biggest mistake people making is they jump straight to the taking action. All right, let's do this. Let's do that. Why don't we try this and this and that? Um, And actually what they need to do is just take the time to reflect and look inwards because the answers are within themselves. The answer to what they need and want from their own life does not lie externally. And that's the the step that everybody misses. Actually, that goes across the whole board. So everybody, whether or not they just want to change jobs or they want to shift gears with their business, they they jump straight to taking action. So my recommendation would be to actually give yourself time to get to know yourself again, because I'm not the same person I was a year ago, let alone two years ago. So it's okay to want and need and desire new things. So it's about checking in with what those needs and wants and desires are. Um, and that can be done in a, in a more intuitive type way, you know, taking yourself off on a walk or and re- being really intentional for a few months around gathering information about yourself. Or you can do it obviously with a coach in a more structured environment. And that does tend to speed things up and allows you to explore things that you hadn't thought about. 
But um, if somebody's sat there and they are feeling like they are on the precipice of change, there is there is a, a sort of a cyclical process to it. And there's this amazing book I read actually called Wild Courage. Nice. Um, and the author is escaping me, but it, oh, good goodness. I'm sure we can share it afterwards. Um, and there's six different stages to, to change. And you're going to test me now in terms of remembering them. Um, <laughs> but essentially what it involves is it does involve um, moving into wildness, moving into vulnerability and moving into intuition and actually taking the time to, I keep saying taking the time to get to know, know yourself. And that sounds really fluffy. And I think a lot of people, the reason they skip it is because it's the hardest part. Um, so perhaps more practical, tangible things for your audience would be things like defining your personal values. I know this may sound basic, but it is the cornerstone of careers coaching. And if you don't know what your personal values are, they are the most important beliefs that you as an individual hold. And they can be really amazing guiding lights to you um, with your business and your career. Um, I've got a really super easy and free download, like happy to share it um, with the audience if they don't know what it is. But it's the decision-making process. So define your personal values, have a look at what your strengths are, revisit where you are in your life and do a vision exercise. Look forward a year or so ahead and try to tap into how you really want to feel because quite often if somebody wants change, it's because they're not feeling great anymore. They're not connecting with something. They are feeling a lack of fulfillment. They're feeling really lost. And so, you know, a good thing to do if you're feeling lost is to find yourself. And then when you do that structured exploration of who am I, what is it that I really want? Let's try and remove all the people pleasing and the external expectations of what everyone else thinks I should do. This is about me. You only get, you know, one life. It's getting a bit cringe again. Um, <laughs> but it's true. And there's this amazing quote that I wrote down because I wanted to say it today. Um, but it was, everyone has two lives. The second one begins when they realize they have only one. Yeah, yeah, I see that. Confucius. Bam! Glad. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it, I, that really resonated with me. And so you only have one life. And it's really important if you recognize that you want to make some change in it to actually create that change based on your own authentic desires. Because what you'll find is if you jump straight to the taking action, a couple of years could go down the line and you'd be like, oh crap, like, why didn't I take the time when I was on, on the edge of that cliff ready to jump, but I didn't and I just carried on running. Um, and so that's, that's for me is the most important thing that that person could do is actually just take the time, gather the information about all of these things that I've mentioned, what is their purpose? What is their reason why? What are their motivations? Do they want to completely change gears? And what are their fears around that? Just the last thing to add, actually, one of the most profound things I do with my clients is help them to work through their self-limiting beliefs and fears. And then when you do that, honestly, it's incredible because suddenly they can see. And what is blocking them, it's this like sort of cloud and they feel really lost. Some of my clients, they use amazing analogies. Like one of them said he was in a forest and he couldn't see the way forward. Another lady said that she had this big dark cloud in front of her and she couldn't quite grasp it. And we started to work through their self-limiting beliefs and fears and that cleared and they saw the way forward. Um, so that could be something that's, that's important for your, your um, audience too. <laughs> <laughs> that's very, very true. And I like, again, I like it was like one of those very straightforward questions, but it leads to 
there's another little Pandora box. Yeah. Because obviously I think there's an element of, oh, once I do this, I'm going to be set for life and that is going to be my path. And trust me, guys, it's not. Because we have the freedom, as you say, um, despite sometimes what's stopping us, there's still the environment around our society is pushing us to be more creative than we used to be, to be more personal, to get our voice heard more than before, which means we are faced a bit more with that inspiration and their push to really challenge ourselves whereas mm. maybe in the past it wasn't as much because we were asked to do a certain thing the path was this again I come from a very small town in a relatively small country so people had a path and I've talked to other people in other countries where actually Israel I was talking to somebody and you know you you go to college and you go to uni then you go here then you get the house and you get married it's not like that anymore for so many of us so thank you so much for sharing that because mm. it's important to remember that there's always more work that we can do on ourselves, I guess, as well. Yeah, and look, I resonate with what you said there because there was pros and cons to the the situation you just said there. And actually now people are struggling because there is so much choice. Yes. They, have, they can literally do anything. We are the generation that have been told you can create and build anything that you want. And that comes with its downsides and analysis paralysis, overthinking is a major issue. And so coming back to who you are authentically and what it is that you really want will help you have information to be able to make the decisions more effectively. Awesome. Darling, I have the last question, the Mm. hardest question of them all. The question that we ask everyone, if you could have brunch with anyone dead or alive, who would they be? Oh my gosh. Brunch with anyone. Oh, I don't want to be too cringe, but I love David Attenborough. Third person on David Attenborough. Oh, God, that's so embarrassing. Cringe. Don't worry. Like- well, I'm a huge animal lover. I've got my little puppy at home. <laughs> I, was, I was that kid who was always running around the farm playing with animals. So I grew up on David Attenborough. I just think he's an absolute legend. And I could pick his brain for hours. Where would you go? You go to a farm, like a little like farm experience. Oh, I would love him to take me somewhere like the Great Barrier Reef or Madagascar or Africa. Oh, love it! Like a yeah. safari somewhere where that you're going to get like grade A amazing wildlife, and for him to just like narrate it in real time. <laughs> the dream. So basically, pack, pack lunch. Pack <laughs> yeah, like eating like carrot sticks, and then be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, again, from a, from a soothing voice person, I can see the love for another person that has a very soothing voice. <laughs> I see that. Well, I love that. I was joking, by the way. It's just really funny because a lot of people, or the three, two more people that said David Attenborough said, everybody's going to say David Attenborough and we're the only two people that said that. Oh, so now I'm the third. So yeah, I made it a trick. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time to share all of your knowledge and expertise with us. It was absolutely lovely. We'll put all the links in the show notes um that you mentioned as well book uh, some of your resources that people want to check it out and thank you so much have a lovely rest of your day my pleasure thank you for having thank you so much for listening don't forget to check our show notes for more juicy goodness about this episode if you loved it please take some time to give us five stars on itunes and make sure that you let us know your ha-has and takeaways on instagram at creative impact co also you can find out more about us on our website at creativeimpact.group.